Our gospel lesson for today, the second Sunday of Christmas, comes from John chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or the will of men, but of God. The word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks ahead of me because he was before me. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God the only Son who is close to the Father's heart who has made him known. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, people of God, may the grace and peace of our triune God be yours today and forever. Amen. I've always appreciated the way that John's gospel starts. In the beginning was the word. To me, every time I hear that, and hopefully every time you hear it, you are reminded of the opening line of the Old Testament, the opening line of Genesis, the way that the Bible itself begins. In the beginning was God. Even before creation began, we have God who exists and who speaks existence into existence. Existence into existence, that's kind of fun. Now, as you are probably aware, the first two chapters of the book of Genesis give us two different looks, two different viewpoints, two different focal perspectives, if we want to say that, towards the creation. The first one is very cosmic, We hear about the heavens and the earth. We hear about the stars and the moon and and the, the, the sun and all of this thing. And then the second account of creation, Genesis 2, gives us a different perspective, that of humanity. And the, the humans within that are very centric or central to what's going on. And we have these two different perspectives, the grand scale and the human. Now, I love this this, this comparison that we have because we are reminded that there are two sides to these, these things, that there are two sides to these relationships, that there are multiple perspectives to, to, that we can, we can explore and that we can consider. We can consider that which is here at, at ground level for us and then the grand scheme of things. Now, speaking of the cosmos and the, 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 the cosmic scene and the grand scheme of Genesis 1, I'm reminded of something that happened recently. Now, I mentioned at the beginning of the video that this is, uh, that this is pre-recorded, that I'm doing this ahead of time prior to having some time off. 
So the thing that I'm about to talk about in my understanding right now as I'm saying this actually happened just a couple of days ago. But when this video goes live, it'll actually be almost two weeks old. Now this year, we've been hearing about something called the Great Convergence, a, a cosmic event that's happening within our solar system that is only happens once every 800 years. The moment when two planets, two other planets come together and everything lines up in just such a way that it appears that there's this super bright star in the early evening sky. And it was an amazing thing. And it happened, of course, right before Christmas, so they were calling it the Christmas star. If you saw this happen, it actually happened on Monday right before Christmas. They said the best time to view it is to go out in the early evening, just as it's starting to get dark, and look out to the southwest, and you can see it up in the sky. And sure enough, that was the case. We went outside and we looked and we could see and actually from where we were at, as they were coming together, they didn't quite meet, but you could see two different things that looked like pretty bright stars, one a little brighter than the other one, just right next to each other. And it was amazing. But all we could see was these pinpoints of light. We couldn't see anything more than that with the naked eye. But in the days that followed, different individuals began to post pictures online, pictures that had been taken through a telescope and that you could actually see the two planets so close together, or visibly so close together. And with the added benefit of, of the telescopes, you could see details that, weren't, that, that we couldn't see with the naked eye. You could see the stripes of one of the planets, and you could see the rings of the other planets, and you could just see them there in the sky, almost like they were right next to each other, when in reality, they were millions of miles apart, and millions of miles away from us on the opposite side of the solar system. We're here, the sun was in the middle, but on the back side of the earth, that's why it was getting dark, and then way so far away that I can't even begin to fathom it, was these two different planets, and it was all lining up in just such a way that the light of the sun bounced off those two planets and came right back to us, and it looked just amazing. There was what we could see, and then there was what was revealed when something else helped us to see deeper. Now, folks, this is the idea that I have in mind as I'm thinking about this story that we have shared, this opener of, of John's gospel, and this overarching season that we are in, the season of Christmas. Right now, we're at the tail end of it. And I'm thinking about the ways that God becomes human, that God dwells among us, that that which is divine somehow becomes tangible and is revealed within the world in a way that we can see and touch and hear. There's a word for this. It's one of those big fancy words that, that I don't often use, but you hear this one come up every once in a while. It's called the incarnation, and that's what it means. That which is divine somehow puts on flesh, somehow becomes physically present. That which is outside our realm of existence enters into our realm of existence. Now, I think about this in two ways. I think about it as God becoming human. I mean, that's kind of spot on right, right there. And then I think about it in terms of the ways that our faith is expressed, the ways that our faith takes action when we're interacting with another person, and we find the love of God, and we find that common human connection made possible through Jesus when all of that begins to become real. These are two different ways that our faith, that which we believe, that's which we profess, uh, becomes real for us. It is incarnated in that way. But as I think about all of this, 
I think about the ways that it tends to be revealed, and especially as we think about it at Christmas. Now, it goes without saying that we think about the birth of Jesus, that he, that he that God somehow became human and was born in the humblest of means to, for God to show that there is no length that he will not go to in order to be with us, to be revealed to us, to be with us in a way that we can understand. But here in John's gospel, it's just a little bit different. And the incarnation reminds us, not only does the word become flesh, the word that is with God and is God, but that the light shines in the darkness. Here at this time of year, we're now about a week and a half past the summer sol or excuse me, the winter solstice. Maybe we're already beginning to notice little glimmers of the days just barely starting to get longer. They say it takes about three days past the solstice for that to begin to happen. But we're in the dark time of year. It's the winter, the days are short, it's cold, we can't go outside much. We're stuck inside. We're in the middle of an ongoing pandemic when things are, are hard. We're in this dark tunnel, and there's light at the end of it, but we're trying to get through it, something we've been saying over and over again in recent weeks. And yet, in the midst of all this, the promise is, as we look at everything, and we consider the overarching story of, of the scriptures and the story of God and what we can see and that which we cannot see and that which we can understand and that which we cannot understand, that which is divine, the, the God, the God who exists in relationship already as the Holy Trinity, desires to be in relationship with us as well. I believe that God somehow knows that we are incapable of really comprehending or understanding or seeing or experiencing or whatever word we want to use, that which is divine. We are limited within our own limited human existence. But God desires connection. God desires relationship with us so much because of the delight that God takes in us and has ever since the beginning that God will somehow bridge this gap. Now we hear in the reading that no one has seen God except the Son, but, but we have seen his glory, the glory which is revealed through Christ, and the glory which is revealed in different ways when God takes action in the world in ways that we might be able to see or experience but not fully understand. We have seen the glory of God even without seeing God. But when Jesus enters into the picture, when the word becomes flesh and dwells among us, somehow in ways that continue to go beyond our ability to understand, God is somehow revealed. Now we can see certain things. We can experience certain things, limited as they are. And just like when I was watching the Great Convergence, I could look out and see two pinpricks of light. And it looked pretty cool, but all I could see were these two pinpricks of light. But with the added benefit of a tool which could reveal more, which could do more than what we could do on our own, we began to see images that were amazing. And likewise, somehow, Jesus begins to reveal more about the divine than what we can encounter and experience and understand and comprehend on our own. Now, do we fully grasp it yet? No, of course not. And the promise remains through Jesus, through the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus, that it will one day be completely revealed, that one day the, the hindrances, the things that hinder us from being in that full connection, that full understanding, that full encounter with God, those will be removed. But now we live in the tension. 
We cling to the promises that were made through Jesus. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit. We, we trust in that which we cannot yet see or experience fully through the power of the Holy Spirit, through this gift of faith. And yet we wait for that day when it comes to fulfillment. And we live in the tension now. As we go through this day, as we go through this season, as we move into the unknown future, may we all find hope in knowing that that which is divine desires connection with us so much that that which is divine and utterly utter became one of us. This is what we have been celebrating through this season. And praise be to God that somehow this begins to reveal more. And one day, we will see completely. We will see in total. We will see in whole that which now we can only catch a glimpse.